Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. You don't know what I know. Read the book, the only book, universe in disenchantment, and you're gonna know the truth. Hey, how's it going? Welcome, everybody, to Brazuca Sounds. I'm dropping this new episode on September 28th. Uh, Tim Maia was born on this day in 1942, so he will be turning 80 years old. So to celebrate, I'm going to play it and talk about 80 of his songs. Yeah, that's right, 80. I'm going to go a little bit nuts on this podcast. It will be a combination of greatest hits stuff that should not be missed, some obscure jams, plus a few of my favorites, obviously. Uh, there's not going to be a particular order in any of this, so feel free to count down all the 80 songs and then send feedback. If I ended up missing a couple, let's see. It's going to be an extra long episode, so maybe I'm going to split in two as well. Let's see how it goes. So yeah, let's get going. To start off, there is actually some kind of chronological order in this beginning. This particular song here is the very first single Team Maya ever released in 1968. So it could be no different, right? That first ever Team Maya song released was performed in English. Team Maya lived in Terrytown, New York for four years uh, until 1963 when Team Maya were then busted in Daytona Beach for smoking pot in a stolen car. After six months in jail, he was deported uh, to Brazil and it took five years for him actually record uh, a single, as I said. These are the songs. This single was actually recently reissued by Mr. Bongo. So from the get-go, Team Maya wanted to showcase his American influences, right? Soul music, doo-wop, like a Sam Cooke of sorts. Uh, obviously, this song became famous after Elise Regina uh, recorded a couple years later for her album A Pleno Verão, which features Team Maya on that recording. So that recording is probably the one that everybody knows the most, but this one on the background is more accelerated version of the song. But even before, he already put out a second single, also in 1968, called Meu País. So this is the original version of Meu País, right? Timaya later on re-recorded this song for his second official album because this version on the background Timaya got really dissatisfied with the results, with the quality of the recording. The studio CBF technicians had no idea how to record black music at the time, so the song lacked bass, drums was not heavy enough, he felt like his voice was not properly captured, so obviously the press also ignored it completely, Rages did not play it, and TMI was actually dropped from the label CBS very, very quickly. Uh, studios in Brazil were very limited to four channels table, and also not forgetting that from 1973, the military dictatorship prohibited imports in order to develop Brazilian technology, like quote-unquote develop, right? Which increased uh, smuggling and somehow people really figured it out a way to improve their skills. In the beginning of the 1970s, Tim Maia also figured it out a way 
to actually make money with music. So this is a single called Chocolate, which is very popular in Brazil, even today. And if you pay enough attention, it used the exactly same melody from Meu País that I was playing before. And what happened was, Tim Maia has been requested to write a jingle for a chocolate bar ad. And since he did not like at all that final result of Meu País, he just decided to rewrite the lyrics and use the same harmony. Uh, he knew nobody from the marketing agency was aware of the original song, so TMI was clearly kind of plagiarizing himself with completely different lyrics, as I said, right? With a chocolate team. Um, and like I said, also, it became massively popular in Brazil at the time. He used to play a medley of those two songs tied together, right? Meu País, together with Chocolate. And also kind of started a pattern of Tim Maia recycling his own songs. So this song, made into his first LP, released in May in 1970. But the producers of a so popular soundtrack like it so much that he asked Tim Maia to adapt the chorus of the song for the soundtrack. So in the album, he sings Padre Cicero, which is the name of the song, a father of prominence in the northeast region of Brazil. But for the soundtrack, he switched to João Coragem. Which was the name of the main character of the soap opera, Irmãos Coragem, the Coragem Brothers. And by the way, the two versions were recorded in the same section, so it's actually two different versions, two different recordings. So it's not only a copy and paste per se, he literally recorded two songs differently in the studio, and also obviously this soap opera became so, so popular. That also became a pattern to invite Tim Maia to perform in soap opera soundtracks like this other one right here. Como no Céu, the name of that soap opera, which is part of the Brazilian culture, right? Gives a tremendous boost on your career, being the soundtracks then and now. Uh, this is a very obscure song, obviously. You really need to know about Tim Maia. Beautiful, beautiful ballad. You can only find in this particular soundtrack. thing that will potentially put you on the map in Brazilian mainstream if it was like a very famous artist recorded your songs. And that's what happened a lot with Tim Maia before he was able to make a name for himself. He had a lot of famous guys recording his songs. Há muito tempo eu vivi calado, mas agora resolvi falar. 
Obviously, this is Roberto Carlos. They were very good friends. They were even in a band together in the beginning of the 1950s before Tim Maia took off to the United States. So it only made sense that Roberto Carlos was trying to help out his uh, friend from back in the day. And another good friend of that circle was Erasmo Carlos, who also recorded a Tim Maia song. Você manda nele. E ele sem você não é ninguém. Mas se você resolveu ficar comigo, é bom você saber que não preciso. So this is a song written by Tim Maia, but he never kind of recorded himself. Uh, and there's even a slightly different version of the same song recorded by Claudete Soares. So if you notice, this is the very same song from before but a different arrangement. But this, it is the arrangement that Tim Maia would use to record the song, but not in the Portuguese version. As I said, he never released the song in Portuguese, but instead he decided to translate the song into English. I don't need you, I don't have to bleed you, you know my name. It is exactly the same melody as before, but he never ever recorded the original Portuguese version of his own song. He decided instead to translate into English for his second record. Uh, and the lyrics are pretty much the same, quite a literal translation. He would apply this technique again, uh, like this other time around, in his following album, his third. Decidi viver agora Desde que pensei em mim Quase tudo mudou Ela mesmo quis embora Me enganou e me traiu Fingiu e abusou This is Lamento. It is the Portuguese version of the song, right? Very, very beautiful ballad. But on the same record, he recorded the very same song, but in English instead. Every man deserves a woman Every woman deserves a man So I'm about to ask I have filled this strange vibration So as you see the same melody here, but it's not necessarily a line-by-line -line version. The lyrics are very different, actually. The Portuguese version is way more straightforward. He sings about someone who's cheating on him, despite the fact that he gave her all. And in English, he wondered why she left. In Portuguese, though, he knows exactly why she left him. Maia was already very famous in 1972 at this point, and he was feeling very lonely, uh, very isolated, immersed himself in drugs, alcohol, and that's why so many ballads in the 1972 Maia self-titled record, and I really like his band in this record too, the bass and drum from the Don Salvador band, the Grupo Abolição, uh, Rubão Sabino e o Luiz Carlos Batera, uh, plus Oberdan Magalhães, which was the sax player from Don Salvador and later on from the banda Black Hill. Well, 
let's go ahead in time now. 1977. So this song here no one else around. It is this his self-released album entirely performing English. And then a year later, he decided to record the song again, this time in Portuguese. Now TMI was doing the reverse path, right? Instead of translating into English a Portuguese song, he was translating in Portuguese his own English song. It is the same song as before. Melodies, though, are extremely different. As you can notice, the English version is a plain ballad. The Portuguese uh, sounds more like this earth, wind and fire vibe. Uh, and also not a quite straight translation either. The English song is uh, reminiscing, uh, nostalgia. The Brazilian song is quite literally begging for a woman to come back on his life. He always sounded more dramatic in Portuguese, so to speak, to Maya. In English, he was a little more self-conscious, I guess. But to finish off this section where he covered his own songs, let's play this other one right here. Brother, every time I call you home, you are dancing. Sister, please don't put your children on initiation. Cause there's no heaven. There's no There is no God, there is no heaven. This is the album Timaya put out immediately after abandoning his religious cult, the rationale culture. Uh, it is a self-titled album, aka Irrational, uh, a play of words, obviously, with the cult that he was involved with before. A lot of people know this album in Brazil as Irracional, right? Irrational. But he also came up with a Portuguese version of the same song way later on. Obviously, the intro is way longer and without any lyrics in the beginning. Uh, but there's something very clever here in terms of the harmony. So the English version, he's talking about his family, right? Brother, father, sister, mother. In this Portuguese version, he already starts about his mom. It is in the very same bar key as the English song. <laughs> So he was not then just recycling the song, but really adding something new. Very, very smarty. By the way, uh, from some point in the 1980s, all of his records were dedicated to his mom. Uh, he even wrote a song in 84 with an intro dedicated to her, Maria Imaculada Maia. Essa música é uma homenagem à minha querida mãe, Maria Imaculada Maia. Timaya was the youngest of 12 siblings. His father actually passed away when he was about 16 years old. Uh, and that was the time that he decided to take off with no money, no connections, no nothing, to the United States, New York more precisely. He really wanted to become a crooner of sorts.
This song here is just marvelous, right? In English, it is a partnership with Hildon, which played guitar in the second record uh, released by TMI in 1971. Hildon was just 17, and as the story goes, Timaya was very much in love with this girl called Janetti, and one day he just showed up at Hildon's apartment where he used to live with a bunch of roommates. He was only 17 after all. Timaya had whiskey and whatnot. Timaya crying, drunk, singing in English, and that's how I don't know what to do with myself was born, and Hildon, just in case you don't know, become very successful later on with his song Na Rua, Na Chuva, Na Fazenda, and his contribution for this song, not everybody knew how to speak English, right? So that's why half of the song is actually in Portuguese, right? The bridge of the song with the backing vocals. <laughs> Although, six in the morning, the bell in the apartment rang, she was the police, everybody was kicked out, out of the apartment. Obviously, Timaya was very, very into singing in English, all his influences coming from the United States. I'm gonna talk about a little bit more of my favorite English songs. classic samba rock, this very guitar-influenced type of song with a lot of brass section too. I recorded an entire podcast a time ago about samba rock in Brazil and the explosion of that movement that was more connected to dance floors than actually to the genre per se. But this was Tim Maia exploring that territory as well with an English song of all odds like a purely Brazilian style of music, singing in English. start writing also almost like mantras, right? These very short songs with very short lyrics and this is one of my favorite ones in English. All I want should be with a mask. All I want is to be with the best. It is just why he sings the entire song. A lot of people in Brazil will know the song actually as To Be Happy. The way the average Brazilian speak English, it is a very hard T instead of a soft T, right? Uh, instead of two, Brazilians tend to say two, like the number. So that's how the entire song, the backing vocals, they kind of sing like To Be Happy. It is really, really one of those songs that you listen like two or three times and you repeat these lyrics for the rest of your week. All I want is to be with the best. One thing you have to agree with me, and that is for sure, and that is for sure. 
nobody can live forever. Yeah, that is for sure, Tim. Nobody can live forever. Even uh, it is the name of a very famous international compilation, The Existential Soul of Tim Maia, released by the Luaka Bop record label, the Dave DeBurn record label. This is probably the record that a lot of international audience of Tim Maia know the songs. The majority of the songs of the compilation are in English. There's no God, there's no heaven. Again, right, this is a song from the album also known as Irrational, the irrational, kind of shows his abandonment of the uh, rational culture coat. And obviously, though, one of the most famous English songs written by Timaya was literally was preaching on this religion. This is an incredibly psychedelic song, right? 12 minutes, Steven Wonder-ish type of song. So it's entirely about this cult. Uh, Tim Maia never called our religion. He also said it was never a cult. It kind of it is. Uh, it's called Racional, and you gotta really read a book. The Universo in Desencanto, right? The Universe in Disenchantment. When Tim Maia really decided not to drink alcohol or take drugs or anything like that, him and his entire band will dress in white. And moreover, he started putting out his records by himself, right? Because the record label really didn't like the idea of being associated with some kind of cult. So that's when Tim Maia decided to start his own label, the Seroma label, which is the initials of his entire full name, Sebastião Rodrigues Maia, Seroma. And they are all incredibly good songs. Uh, this particular one, as I said, right, there's this Herbie Hancock, Stevie Wonder vibe. Uh, Tim I was a very big fan of Isaac Hayes as well, which is kind of ironic, right, because Isaac Hayes later on in his life also became very much associated with the Scientologist people, so they both have similar paths in terms of creed and beliefs. We're gonna rule the world, don't you know, don't you know? We are gonna rule the world, don't you know, don't you know? We're gonna put it together. But every time somebody talk about the rational cultures, immediately go by the part of the song that is just like Tim Maia preaching, read the book, the only book. Read the book. The only book, the book of God, universe in disenchantment, and you're gonna know the truth. And since we're talking about this rationale, uh, let's enjoy this moment, and I'm gonna play five songs and talk about them. My favorite five rational culture songs written by Tim Maia. Já virei calçada maltratada e na virada quase nada me restou a curtição. Já rodei o mundo quase mudo. No entanto, no segundo este livro veio a mão. Já senti saudade. Já fiz muita coisa errada. So this is one of the most famous ones, right? Bom Senso. It was a small hit, even in the 1970s in Brazil, where basically Tim Maia narrates his entire conversion, right? It's really the song that opens it up, everybody, to the idea that what he was dealing with at the time. So he sings in Portuguese on these songs that he did a lot of bad things, he even slept on the streets, but... By only reading this book, he reached a common sense, 
a rational immunization. So the idea of the entire song, just like the entire record, was really, really like promote uh, his cult. He literally goes on a speech to encourage people to read the book, the only book. Não perca tempo. Leia o livro Universo em Desencanto. O caminho do bem. People really need to understand is that these Hacional records, they were not famous at all in the 1970s. It really became like a cult status in the 1990s, more or less, with a lot of bootlegs. It started like exchanging hands of a lot of influential music nerds and DJs and whatnot. So this particular song on the background, Caminho do Bem, it is very famous now, but it was not back then. The song even made it into the soundtrack of the movie City of God. And so, like, manufacturing violence was hard in Brazil in the 1970s, was more or less a monopoly by the big labels. So, Tim Maia actually had to find the tape car manufacturer as the name indicates their primary job was actually manufacturing car deck for cars so that's why he was able to actually produce the vinyl and then try to uh, distribute independently in his concerts and just as a curiosity here Timaya his entire career released 28 studio records and of those 28 only two have no face of TMI on the cover, and it's exactly these two Hacional records, right? Because he was really more like promoting the coat instead of his persona. So there are two volumes, right? Volume one and volume two. I actually like more the volume two, where we have this other song here that is one of my favorites. The song is just so good. It's like a P-Funk in the 1970s. Tim Maia and his band. That's the good part about this Irrational Records. Despite all these like insane ideas, all the songs were just marvelous. Tim Maia really put together a very good band at the time. He was even like playing drums in so many tracks and Timai was a very very good drummer. He was just like taking control more of the whole thing, right? He really knew how to master a record, to engineer a record, how to produce a record. So, and he has become very particular uh, which type of sound he will like, what type of bass. Another very good song from these albums also made it into the compilation The Existential Soul of Team Maya. One thing about these Hacional records though, there were like a bunch of songs that Team Maya and his band already have made it before, just like this one on the background. This song was not about the conversion whatsoever. 
the song actually had a different name in the beginning. It was just a song to celebrate the Caribbean culture. It was actually a song about San Juan and Puerto Rico. Uh, and then Tim Maia actually switched the lyrics to his conversion phase. So there are some kind of false ideas that the entirety of this record, uh, Tim Maia just made it into a blip, right? But that's not really the reality. Many, many of the songs, were they were done way before his conversion, and he just decided to use the melodies and harmonies and put out some lyrics according to his new coat. O Brasil já é considerado uma nação cósmica, por haver nascido no Brasil o conhecimento de preparação da humanidade para entrar em contato... So, as I said before, these records, they were largely ignored by the critics and the audience. And officially, Timaya only released two volumes of this record, but recently, a record label decided to put out a third volume with all the leftovers of those recording sections. Timaya, he really denied during his entire life that he made these records, right? He really wanted to erase this from his biography. He really didn't want to talk about it. All the copies that were left over, he kind of put it to waste. He really felt like he was taking advantage by the leaders of this coach, and then he decided to quit this coach, right? So he really didn't even play these songs anymore. So my point here is being a lot of people feel like he's like a damage to his image. The, all these reissues of the Rationale records, especially the volume three, they are kind of disrespecting the memory of Team Maya. So yeah, there are these this two sides of the stories, right? People who feel like that songs never released before uh, by artists of such a calibre as Team Maya, everybody should have access to those songs. I can see the both sides of that story. All that being said, I feel like there's a little bit of exaggeration when it comes to the idea that the vocal cords of Team Maya at this phase uh, was at its peak because Timai was not drinking or taking any drugs. I feel like that idea is absolutely false. Maybe if you compare with the Timai that started recording at the beginning of the 1980s, then his voice really changed, then he was very immersed in alcohol, and his voice took a different turn. But if you compare the rationale records, with those three first records ever released by Timai in 1970, 71, and 72, come on now, those records is Timai at his prime, in my humble and particular opinion. He was doing the high notes and low notes, baritone, he was doing it all in those three first records. I feel like, as I said, a bit of exaggeration that the Rationale records were so good just because Timaya had a better voice. It was just like very good songs with a very good band. And the other thing is, I briefly touched here, there's a discrepancy, especially when it comes to the international audience of that what people think Timaya was famous for in Brazil and whether he's really famous for in Brazil. So these next five songs, those were the really ones massively popular in Brazil back then and even today. Let's start with full-blown 1980s. Maybe Team I was not at his peak in terms of music, but definitely in terms of popularity in Brazil. This is a song called Descubridor dos Sete Mares. It is literally his most played song on Spotify right now, with over 47 million plays. 
And this is a song about Brazil, and more specifically the Brazilian coast and its different beaches. And from all over the country, right? Ipanema and Rio, but also uh, Ubatuba, Guarujá, a beach in São Paulo. And this song was not even written by Tim Maia, but a set of brothers, Michel and Gilson Mendonça. By the way, they ended up writing two other songs for the same record. And this is like one of the best known chorus in Brazilian music history, this one here. you go out there in Brazil, 9 out of 10 people, they really know how to sing this chorus on top of their heads. There's also this big brass section, right, that became a trademark of Tim Maia, a partnership with his producer slash arranger at the time, uh, Lincoln Olivetti. Another very popular song from Tim Maia has that same vibe and, and a very similar theme. Quem não dança, segura a criança. Who's not dancing, gotta hold the child. <laughs> Tim Maia, in the 1980s, started including all his jargons. Even in the recording of the songs. In the beginning of this one, there is a lot of those. Like, festa boa, so, which means, what a party. And, que beleza, how wonderful. And obviously, who's not dancing, gotta hold the child. The song is called Do Leme ao Pontal. And it is specifically about Rio de Janeiro coast and its beauty from Leme to Pontal. And it's 35 kilometers of extension and it's innumerable beaches. You probably know Copacabana and Ipanema, right? Although Tim does not mention those two in this particular song. Leme neighbors Copacabana though, and the album cover you can see Tim Maia in front of that beach. He mentions though uh, beaches like Flamengo and Botafogo, which by the way are also names of football teams. On the background is the popular version of the song that mostly people know in Brazil from 86, but the original version is from 1980 that he recorded as a B-side in order to make some money. And you can find the original version on the compilation The Existential Soul of Team Maia. As you can notice, it's a way slower version, a little bit more funky than the popular version of the song. Although the popular version has an iconic bridge in the chorus of the song that the original version has not. It is Tim singing here, I drink Guaraná, cashew juice, and goiabada for dessert. Guaraná meaning the most popular soft drink in Brazil. Cashew, a very popular fruit in Brazil. In North America and Europe, a lot of people associate cashew with the nuts, right? But in Brazil, we also eat the fruit and drink the juice. And goiabada is a popular dessert. It is like a guava marmalade, more or less. Another very popular song from that era is called Vale Tudo. So he wrote this song exclusively for a friend of him, Sandra de Sá. It is in her record of 1983. She was like the female Team Maia, as she was labeled by the media at the time. Vale Tudo means 
something like Everything is Allowed,、uh, where actually Team Maya sings Everything is Allowed. It is only forbidden for men dance with another man and women dance with another woman. Maybe Team Maya will be cancelled today. But in all fairness, he was far away from being narrow minded. So there is a play of words in the song that he will sing that sentence, but at the end, when everybody is happy enough, drank enough, then he starts singing It's all free now, everything is allowed, tudo liberado, including, obviously, Man's dance with another man and women with another woman. He will play this song on his concerts twice to set up that comedic relief, right? The opening of the show and normally the closer of the show. So everything was allowed. Gladly enough, I had a chance to see T. Maya performing live in 1998 in a music festival close. To the region that I used to live in the south of Brazil. So obviously, I didn't know any better at the time.、Uh, I didn't know his importance. I was just there to have a, a really good time, get hammered, etc. But it really didn't matter though, because all his songs were just classics. He knew how to entertain a crowd, put every fucking body to dance. And all I knew at the time is. Team Maya was bigger than life. You know, it was an iconic show that I still remember up to this day, 25 years later. And unfortunately, it was technically one of his last concerts. And this next song here, which is extremely also popular in Brazil, it's some way connected to his passing in 98. So, this is the very popular Não Quero Dinheiro, like a, a soul fusion with rock and roll, more like a, a up tempo kind of song that, that was covered in Brazil by so many different artists from so many different music genres. And this is really the song Timaya Big in Brazil at the time, like he was touring every single corner of that country in that year of 1971. And as I said, Aldo, Não Quero Dinheiro, the song, ended up becoming the last song he ever performed live. He went on stage in the city of Niterói, which neighbors Rio de Janeiro. He began singing the initial verses of the song, and all of a sudden he just stopped. He was not feeling very well. He left the stage right away. It was only the second song. During the concert. And then on the same night, Team Maya was taken to a hospital. He was admitted to the CTI for a week, and unfortunately, he passed away. He initially had a heart attack that led to other issues. You know, Team Maya at the time was very, very obese, over 300 pounds at the time, and on top of all his alcohol and drugs. And he was only 55 years old when he passed away, so quite young still. But anyway, according to the Brazilian organization that pays royalties to artists, this was the song most played in Brazilian concerts in the last 10 years. And it, just for my own observation, this is also probably the most popular karaoke song in Brazil. Which is exactly the case of this next other song here. Definitely a top five of popular songs of Team Maya. This is definitely an iconic drum intro as well. The snare and high tom, then three snares, again a snare and a high tom, and then. The bass drum kicks in with the cymbals. 
I'm just gonna play again, it's so good. The song is called Gostava Tanto de Você, I Loved You So Much, and it's written by Edson Trindade, an old friend uh, who played with Tim Maia and Roberto Carlos in their rock and roll setting of the 1950s, the band The Snakes. And many people always believed that Edson wrote this song in honor of his daughter, who had died earlier that year. However, according to Erasmo Carlos, which was also in that same circle, uh, according to his autobiography, the song was actually written for a girlfriend of Edson, Mari, who didn't want him to be part of any group of rock and roll, and that's actually why he left the group and the music business in general. But then Mari and Edson Trindade, they actually married and had four children, including Eduardo, which was Tim Maia's godson. And it's a classic Brazilian karaoke song as well. One of those to sing after five or six pints on your head. One thing Tim Maia became really also famous for in the 1980s, it was for his very corny and cheesy ballads like this one here. É, engraçado. Às vezes a gente sente, fica pensando que está sendo amado, que está amando. So this was one of the most played songs in the year 1983, the song Me Dê Motivo, Give Me a Reason. Uh, and the story of this song is Timai was always extremely late for all his appointments at the time. Even for his concerts, he would show up two, three, four hours later. And that's why the band was just there playing some tunes. Timaya really liked the song and decided to go for it and record and put it on the record. And just for a little bit of a contest here, in 1979 in Brazil had the separation between AM and FM in the radio stations. FM obviously with a stereo sound but with a weak signal as opposed to the AM, which was very popular because the signal could reach every single corner of the country, more or less. While the FM music became more attached to the young population, the new sounds of the time, the new wave, the AM it became connected to the older population, with the cleaning ladies listening to music during the morning time, and that was when Timaya really hit the gold spot in terms of popularity. All these corny ballads was very popular between that category. And this song here, Me De Motivo, it is one of those songs that became iconic too. Because every single comedian, every time they will like imitate Timaya, it was this song, this very baritone voice they will try to emulate. Uh, but anyway, it didn't stop on this particular song. Another extremely popular Gal Costa, Um Dia de Domingo. By the way, the song was written exactly by the same two guys from the song before Michael Sullivan and Paulo Massadas, very famous for writing songs for Xuxa. 
after the arrangement of the song was concluded, Tim Maia could not accept the final result of any way, so they decided to go with a different arranger, Tim Maia's pal Lincoln Olivetti, otherwise he would not record the duet. And then he realized Gal Costa had more lyrics than him in the song, and he refused to record if that was not changed. So they did. And after the song was already playing on the radio and became like a very successful song, right in the beginning, uh, Gal Costa decided to record her vocal parts again because she felt like she was singing in a different tone of Team Maya. And apparently, Team Maya never noticed the difference after all. As you can see, there was a lot of mass involved in the recording section of a, such a corny, cheesy ballad. This story ended up making into a Gal Costa biography that it was just released in Brazil last March. And if we're talking about ballads, I gotta play a song for the very first LP I own, released by Tim Maia. album, which is just filled with romantic ballads, as I said. There was a lot of big hits on this album. Uh, this song on the background is not one of those, but is my favorite, though. Just like very white, little bit soft porn or whatever. Two minutes into the song, Team Maya just unleashed his, his baritone voice. It's so marvelous. Even if it's a little bit cheesy. This record was released by the major label RCA Victor at the time. It was a big contract. Timaya hated the ending result, the mixing specifically. He even wanted to disappear with the original tapes. They were luckily enough recovered by Michael Sullivan the songwriter of the song here and also the producer of this particular album. And if you have no knowledge of Team Maya in the 1980s, this is the record where he appears like the godfather on the album cover. He's a classic copycat. So in the 1980s, Team Maya was releasing a record every year from 82 to 88. So, obviously, in order to accomplish that demand, there was a lot of fillers. Not only ballads, but also very questionable boogie sounds produced by Lincoln Olivetti. They are bad. Even if it set the bar low, because, to be fair, this era was dicey for most of the artists who hit their creative peaks in the 1970s. He was not really keen to make any effort after that. But from the record of 1986, there's a good song they're gonna play here. Preciso te ver. 
So this is like a loving dialogue with a girl that calls Tinimaya at four in the morning. This is one of the few love songs of Tinimaya in which he is not the person suffering, right? He actually the person dumping the girl on this particular song. So very different from his standard. The song is not particularly great, but you know, has a lot of sentimental value. So, okay, this is getting very long, so I'm gonna stop right here and come back with a part two of my 80 songs Team Maya special celebrating his 80th birthday in September. So stay put, come along, I will bring a lot of my favorite hidden gems for the second part of this podcast. Take care, bye-bye. This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time.